From the neo-soul queen that made her debut as D'Angelo's opener in 1994, Erica Badu speaks her mind when saying, Because they got the block on lock, the trunks stay locked. Glock on cock, the blocks stay hot. This is Security Today. Welcome to Security Today, Episode 9, Season 1. I am the security industry's most on-lock uncle. That's Uncle Bear. That's B-A-E-R. So go follow me right now on Instagram and Twitter at Uncle B-A-E-R underscore, and then follow this podcast at Security Today Podcast. If you want to support the podcast through a sponsorship, go ahead and DM me on Instagram. I'll let you know how to do that. Maybe even get you set up for Season 2, baby. And then if you're holding it down and keeping it quality, I might just reach out to you to be the next shout out on an episode. So first of all, the first thing I want to say is just thank you, thank you, thank you. To my listeners, okay? Our AI episode last week hit 65 listens in one week. That is huge. And I'm encouraged because that means that there are integrators out there just coming to stay tuned to the what's the next thing to put on their mind and take into their workplace and grow and and just become better integrators. It's just super encouraging. So I just wanted to thank you. We got a huge chunk of people out of uh, America, but we also got a good chunk from Canada, the United Kingdom, Germany, Norway, Austria. Mexico, France, Israel, the Netherlands, so I'm just super pumped. I will learn all those languages so I can bring security today in your native tongue. Just don't wait on it and don't expect it. All right, the first thing I want to talk about is what we're going to talk about. In the security industry, there's a large amount of time spent at the doorway. From securing them with egress devices, to different locking mechanisms, to creating doors and software, installing and assigning readers and keypads, and too often, though there, uh, there's one major component that's just overlooked and left out of the situation. That's the health of the door. So we're going to dive into what that means, and I'm going to give you a short walkthrough on how to assess the health of the door. We're also going to look at an overview of electric strikes, which I'm super pumped about because I just got off of a job where I personally had to cut in six strikes, and I said a lot of cuss words, and we're going to have all that and more, not the cuss words, on this episode of Security Today. So let's start with our sponsor, LimkeyLockworks.com, the door experts south of the Green Bay area. Limkey Lockworks has been in the locksmith industry for more than 25 years. They work in residential, commercial, the installation of hollow metal doors, smart home, and access control. And you can check them out online at LimkeyLockworks.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Limkey, L-E-M-K-E, Lockworks, and let them know that you heard of them here. They'll be elated, you'll be elated, I'll be elated that y'all got together, and it'll be a lot of elation. All right, let's security chit-chat this thing into the ground. So each week we start off with some chit chat. Sometimes it's about the topic. Sometimes it's just about what is in our security industry at the moment, just so that we stay on top of where we're headed. And this week, I want to touch on what might seem like all the rage, but is really more of a pressing issue in the physical security world right now. And that is securing places of faith. Security on churches and temples is really a pressing issue with the state of our world. We all know what we live in, um, the division, the hate, the polarity. It's coming from all sides and all parties, and uh, we kind of have to ask ourselves and start thinking that if we simply think that a church is safe, that doesn't actually make the church safe. And 
we need to ask some vital questions concerning church security, questions that most churches are really too afraid to ask, says security mag author Tony Kuzer. First, he asks, where does a church find their security applicants? And then second, how do churches vet their applicants? Now, Kuzer expounds that complete training, not just shooting, but also safety, CPR, first aid, security awareness, escalation and de-escalation of force, verbal judo, tactic trauma, and more needs to become part of the complete training program for churches. The truth is that most churches do not have a robust training program, and instead what they have is kind of a come-as-you-are and best-of-luck should anything go wrong approach. Now, I say best of luck because most churches are not going to carry the burden of liability for an all-volunteer team with no vetting, no validation, and no continuing education. Now, this brings Kuzer to ask another vital question that really has pastors pulling at their unbuttoned collars these days, and that is, we should also ask about funding. Do churches have the money for mission trips and evangelism and donations and charity? Then how do they have zero funding for safety? Churches are, after all, full of humans who have broken lives, families, and relationships, and all those things can roll inside of the building. So, all in all, the author highlights several questions that the security specialists should ask a church leadership if you're proposing, or if you're implementing, or if you're doing a site survey, and those are the questions that you should start out with are really, how safe is your church? Now, why do you think your church is that safe? Who's the head of security? What is your annual training for the entire security team? These are the things that really get, you know, pastors and a staff's uh, gears starting to turn because, yeah, they think that they have a safe church, but that's because church kind of breeds this, like, comforting safety aspect to it. But really, they're no more safer than anywhere else. So it's a, it's imperative that churches start to implement these things. Churches need to be addressed as a business would. Because they are businesses. After all, that's exactly how Western Christianity has designed their systems. From budgets to marketing to now more than ever need for a security team in the building. So I think that that's one thing that should really get highlighted in our chit chat. Because we need to start thinking about that as integrators. Whether you go to a church or whether you are you know, proposing security to a church for your business. I think that that's something that we should touch. Usually now we would get into a product highlight, but we're going to talk about some strikes later in the show and we're going to highlight some of those in a good amount of detail. So I want to jump into what our main topic for today is, and that's the health of the door. Now, I'm going to kind of go through this quick, but you can always go back and listen, take notes and start to try to implement this as you go into um, your job and as you go into your career and your tomorrow and today and you're standing at doors as you're doing your access control or your fire and life safety or something like that. But let's talk about the health of the door. So I want to start out by saying there's this top-notch trainer out of Asa Abloy. His name's Roger Schmidt. Now he's been doing training for a long time and honestly I owe him a lot of my career. So I first sat through one of his trainings in Houston, Texas, and then I took several more in Denver, Colorado through the HL Flake conventions. HL Flake is a locksmith distributor. That's where I had my you know introduction into the security world. And I went to these and I sat 
through some of his trainings. He was my first teacher in teaching me what a normally open and a normally closed circuit was. He was the one who taught me how to wire up a mag and an exit button and a motion to a power supply, how to wire up a man trap. He had basic and advanced electrical uh, classes. And honestly, it was he's a wonderful trainer. And he spoke on this concept called the health of the door. That was a big issue to him. And that's really what should be a big issue to us as security integrators when we're approaching um, any type of security at a doorway. Now, it's an easy principle. So if the door latch sags and it doesn't engage the strike, then your lock is useless. If the storefront aluminum frame door that we're also familiar with has cruddy, grimy pivots, which are the two hinges at the top and the bottom of the door, and they cause the door to drag, then you have a security threat that the door takes longer to close or that it doesn't close at all. If the hinges on the door are old and the knuckles are warped causing the door to sag, then any mag lock that you might put on it or had had on it um, might not grab the armature plate and then the $2,300 that the customer spent on security now has an obsolete system at that door. The most cost effective and easiest on the technician way to address security and access is starting at the very basics of the door, which is the health. And a simple rundown of door health can save money and disappointment and risk for the customer. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown to help you implement this concept. Like I said, I'm going to kind of go through this, but you can always go back and uh, write it down, take notes, and then really try to put it into the next time you're standing at a doorway. So you start top to bottom. The first thing you want to do is examine the top of the door. Is there a large, sometimes slanted gap between the door and the frame? Alternatively, is there no gap at all and it's really, really tight up there? Now, on the inside of the door, you can examine the closer. The closer is the hydraulic, uh, you know, little pump thing that sits up there with the arm that either points straight out or it points parallel with the closer itself. Those usually have a cover. You can take them off with a couple screws and you can look for signs of leakage. It's usually a blackish or brownish fluid that is either forming like a drip on the corner of the closer or the arm of the closer, or it's beginning to run down the inside of the door. This is an issue because if the closer doesn't have that hydraulic fluid in it and there's a leak, then it needs to be replaced because it might not even let the door shut. The next thing that you're going to want to do is, is you're going to want to open the door to 90 degrees and then just let it close. The door should close anywhere from 6 to 8 seconds, and it should slow down in the last 10 degrees and then close all the way and latch. Listen and look for any scraping or dragging, and be certain that the door is sitting true in the frame or as true as it can, because this is where you'll run into a lot of problems with strikes and mag mag locks and these sorts of things that you'll get into hours of headaches just because the door health is not good. And this will tell you if the closer is working properly. It should close in a, a decent amount of time, and the last 10 degrees should slow down so it's not slamming against your mag lock or slamming against your strike, taking down the longevity of those locks. The next thing you want to do is examine the locking mechanism. Make sure after you've examined it closing that when you pull on the door from the outside and it's closed, it should be secure. That's a huge thing. You know, I ran into a job not too long ago where the strike was actually wired backwards so that it was always open um, so that you could just open the door from the outside. Now, this was an interior door, but it was exterior to the space because it was being shared. And they would the employees would leave this door to go to the break room, and then when they would come back, they would do what employees were supposed to be doing, and they would badge the door, and when they would open it, they wouldn't realize that it was open the whole time. 
This is a great thing to implement. If you don't take anything from this episode, please, as you go out into the world and you start to address physical security, just make sure that every time you approach a door from the outside that you are giving it a good pull if you're servicing it or installing on it to make sure that it is secure from the beginning because you don't want to run into the situation that I did. Now, prior to access hardware, it's a high likelihood that there's a knob or a lever or, um, and a latch. Now, verify that the latch does extend fully into the strike and that it isn't resting on the top or the bottom of the strike plate hole because I've seen it where a door will close and the latch won't extend into the strike plate because it was there's too much friction as it sat at the bottom of the hole when it ran across the steel of the strike plate. The other thing that you want to check is, and this is huge, um, you want to check the dead locker on the latch. So most commercial latches, when you open the door, you'll see the latch, and then there will be a tiny rod that will be towards the outside of the door that acts independently of the latch. If that rod is depressed, you cannot depress the latch, which means you can't walk up with a credit card and just do the old MacGyver and get into the building. But if the latch extends fully into the either strike electric strike or strike plate, then what you're going to have is that dead locker is going to be extended fully and it's going to be able to, you're going to be able to move the latch freely. So you can credit card it or you can get in there with a screwdriver and flip it. And honestly, there have been lockouts that I've been on as a locksmith that I've walked up and that was extended fully or I could lean my shoulder into the door and get it to extend fully that I then could slip something down in there and swipe the lock open. Now, um, another thing that you want to do is you want to make sure, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, there is a solid YouTube video, um, and it's called Dead Latch and Spring Latch Differences by Richard Howard. So you could YouTube that. This is a more meticulous look at the door health, but it's worth noting because it does show what that dead locker does. Now, I had a client recently that had this exact problem. He would credit he would credit card his door into his IT inventory room from the outside hall. So we were able to change the Hess strike plate and it caught that dead locker. It resolved the problem. Boom, just like that. Look, you can also take note of how the deadbolt or the Adams Wright mortise deadbolt like on a storefront door or a Herculite door where it all is glass and the metal trim is at the bottom. That's the Herculite. Um, just make sure that it's all lining up correctly. This isn't tough and it doesn't take a physical push or shift in the door to get it to get locked. You want it to be an easy, smooth transition. Um, these are all things that are taking a little bit to explain, but once you start to implement them, this is literally less than a five-minute process and you can know the health of your door and you can move on to it. The next thing you want to do, take note of the hinges. Are all the screws present? Because if they aren't you can get door leaning uh, and it can begin to lean outward or lean inward or lean to the left or lean to the right and sometimes you can straighten or true a door up just by making sure all those screws are tightened down and that all of them are present the knuckles on the interlocking hinge need to be evenly spaced and in line if the hinge is well-worn, the knuckles sometimes, one hinge will not align with the other, and you can kind of tell this uh, when you look at the hinge that it looks like your own, like if you interlock your own knuckles, that one's a little to the left, the next is a little to the right. This is a good time to just replace those hinges. You can also shim hinges with cardboard or thin wood behind the shim to true up that door and move that door clockwise or counterclockwise within the frame. 
Also, we'll touch on a little bit um, later in hopefully this season how hinges can actually be a weak point in security and you they can be hardened uh physically hardened so that your door can become more secure now finally give the door an eye uh over for weather trim mullions styles or rails that aren't causing any problems with the operation of the door i've seen it so many times that the weather stripping on it just comes loose or something like that and it's not closing if it's a double door one of them has weather stripping on it and it stops it from closing and locking all the way so just giving a door five minutes tops to run through these checks can save you hours when you get out there and you're starting to put access hardware on the door if the door's having problems with sag or drag or sitting uneven i wouldn't touch it until those things are hung correctly if you aren't sure that you can do that then call a locksmith and get it done just to make sure that when you leave that site with your access hardware on it you know that that building is as most the most secure that it can be and you know what if you're in the green bay area you can start by calling limkey lockworks hey that's a plug now I want to move on to a, um, a a topic that kind of warms my heart, okay? It's called electric strikes. So listen, strikes over mags to the day I die. All right, I think I just thought of a new tattoo. How mad would y'all be if I got that tattooed on me? I, I wouldn't be mad at all. But look, listen, let's highlight some of these. So the main reason that I say strikes over mags is because it's fail secure versus fail safe. A mag needs electric power to work. If the power goes out in the building, the door's open. A strike does not. A strike gets a little surge of electricity to make sure that the door can open, but when it's in its normal state, it's fail secure. So if the building fails or if the strike or the mag itself failed, you're going to find out that the strike is secure, the mag is not. The door is your hurdle when there is a mag because from drag to complete to a complete close to warping in the frame versus the strike that's really static in the door frame. So when I put access hardware onto a door, I'm going to want to start by making sure that if there's an opportunity to put it in the frame, the thing that moves less, I'm going to put it in that than put it on the door, the thing that moves more, because that's going to cause you more problems over time. Now, strikes have no knock factor. They're like less damaged. They they remain as or more secure, but allow a trained locksmith to get into the building if there has been a lockout situation because you still have a key on the door. So um, that, that's just one more perk. perk sorry. Also, uh, allowing a knockbox for fire, there's less effort to get into the building, which means a faster response time to an unresponsive person. So if there's a knockbox, bam, they're in, key, bam, they're in. If it's an electric mag lock, they're going to have to go through some hurdles because if that mag lock hasn't released, then the fire department's probably breaking in a window or, you know, they're doing something destructive. I just think that strikes over mags till the day I die. Maybe you think different, and that's cool. We cool. <laughs> we cool. Now, let's do a quick run-through. Um, so the next time that you're standing at a door with another tech or at the counter with a distributor, you don't look like a total nub, but you look like a pro because of Uncle Bear. Now, this info is from a Spotlight article in what's called the Locksmith Ledger. You can check them out online. they got a sweet magazine you can subscribe to, and they're well-known in the locksmith communities, but... 
I think that they're a really good asset if you're in the security industry as a whole because you really begin to look at that lock side of things. So I want to start with Adams Wright. Adams Wright is a company that provide they provide a uh, rounded range of electric strikes and just that are compatible with dead latches, cylindrical and mortise lock sets, and uh, Pullman and interlocking rim exit devices and aluminum, hollow metal, wood applications from basic cost-effective grade one of 7100 series electric strikes to their 7200 fire rated series and finally their premium preload capable uh copyrighted ultra line 7400 series so th those are the series that adams right has now adams right um is being owned by asa abloy which you're going to find out a few of these companies on the list are actually uh owned by Asa Abloy. And the thing that Asa Abloy does really good is on their webpage, well, first of all, they got people like Roger Schmidt out there teaching incredible classes that you can catch at conventions. But also on their website, um, they have really good solutions to help you understand what type of strike you need for the uh, situation. They also give good trainings of how to install the strike on their website. They have like walkthroughs and uh, even videos and sorts of things. So anything Asa Abloy related, it's always good if you're getting into putting a uh, electric strikes in because they're a really good resource for training and education. The next is alarm controls. Now, designed for a wide range of applications, the AES series of electric strikes offer flexibility and reliability for any job, big or small. The all-in-one AES-100 and AES-200 offer dual-voltage and field-selectable fail-safe, fail-secure operation. Now, you're going to find that, this is also an ASA Abloy company, with uh, a lot of the ASA Abloy companies, that they had field-selectable. So, if it's 24 volt or if it's 12 volt all you have to do is choose the right connector and then you wire it up to that connector and the strike can operate on that voltage a deep latch cavity accommodates cylindrical locks and aluminum hollow metal and wood applications uh, with alarm controls the flexible compact aes 300 electric strike offer real value and innovation in one compound product the small body design eliminates the need to cut out the dust box during installation making a great option for hollow metal and wood retrofit applications where size restraints may occur alarm controls is also owned by asa abloy like i said so they have an excellent uh website that gives you a good amount of information now i just want to say something so the alarm controls has like the aes 100 it's grade one so grade one is the highest grade of uh locking hardware you have grade one two and three what you're going to find in your house is usually grade three what you're going to find on commercial properties is usually grade one they operate and they carry a ul 1034 burglary resistant rating now the 1034 states that a burglary resistant electric lock mechanism shall be rated according to three elements one the static strength rating is 500 pound force 1000 pound force or a 1500 pound force two the dynamic strength rating is 33 foot pound force a 50 foot pound force and a 70 foot pound force and Three, the endurance rating is 100,000 or 250,000 cycles. So when they start rating them with UL, you're really getting a good product. You're getting something that is going to take a lot of pound footage, uh, pound force. It's going to take a lot of foot per, per pound force, and it's also going to have a lot of cycles in it.
The next, Asa Abloy Hess Strikes. One of my favorite. They have a wide variety of things, uh, of strikes, and their their series go in really well. So like the Hess 9000 family offers a surface-mounted electric strike that I really like for Panic and Exit hardware. Um, I put a couple of those in not too long ago. So if you have like a Panic bar that is, you know, latching to one of those little um, surface-mounted uh, strikes that it latches to you can just take that off drill a hole in the frame drop the uh, wire through and you can just wire up a surface mounted strike it makes it super easy and uh, they last a really long time so all hess electric strikes they're backed by a secure care five-year no fault warranty really like that when they're installed with a hess smart pack which you can look into that hess electric strikes are upgraded to a 10-year warranty um, it's a little thing that you wire between your wire and the strike, and it just gives it longevity. You can find them at asaabloyesh.com backslash strike solutions, and they'll give you pretty much everything you need to know. The next one is Camden Controls. Camden is uniquely able to bring absolutely market-leading performance and quality at a very competitive price. They're really well-priced. They're an ISO 9001 company. That means something to me because I work for one of those companies. It's just a structure that the company has to work within to keep that um, certification or rating, and it means that they, they really care about what they're doing. They put a lot of work into it. They've created a strike selection wizard at Camden uh, at Camden's website, Camden Controls, and um, they've in creating that they also have a Camden YouTube channel that shows you how to install things with plenty of educational videos they have UL listed ratings and uh, they're, they're a pretty good company I, I would recommend them as well I would recommend all these companies but this is just a kind of let you pick where you want to go the next one's Dor Dormacaba um, Dormacaba electronic access and data segment their RCI electronic access control has long been the brand that is kind of the top of mind place they've been around for a really long time um, I think the company is like 150 years old but they um, in their electric strikes of RCI you're gonna see a lot of those on actually older buildings they uh, commercial wise they had a big spike back then they have UL ratings from UL 294 to UL 1034 10c which is a three-hour fire rated and uh, they also have grade one certifying 500,000 cycles of their strikes um, their ANSI and BMHA standards on those things. The next one is ROFU, R-O-F-U. They've been installed since the 1980s with exceptional quality, which results in the longevity of their products. Um, they, they've been tested for 250,000 to a million cycle tests that they have on some of them. They have uh, fire rated strikes and templates that can be accessed on request. You can access uh, the company, ask for a template. They'll send it out to you and you can just put it on the frame. Bam, hit it. That is also with Hess. Let me say that. There's a Hess strike template that is super, super helpful. It actually screws into where the strike plate was. Then you just take a um, like a pick or something like that, and you score it, and then you know exactly where to cut. The next one is Security Door Controls. They're a really good company as well. Since 1972, um, they're built in America. They include their electric strikes. SDC provides downloadable PDFs and installation instructions for templates and things like that. They have technical assistance available via telephone uh, Monday through Friday, 
uh, 6.30 to 4.30, so that's usually when you're on the job. SDC has a ton of security hardware products, and they produce really good product. They just they do not just do strikes. They have some really cool stuff out there, but like their Uniflex 45 centerline latch entry universal electric strikes are ANSI and BHMA. They're grade two. They can accommodate a three-quarter latch throw, and they're super tiny. They fit into like smaller spaces in the frame. Um, they're really cool. I would go look at them, sdcsecurity.com. The next one is Trine. Uh, I've been suggested Trine from a couple of security people uh, on Instagram and stuff like that. I've also looked at their products. I have not had the pleasure of putting one in, but the Trine 4850 half-inch electric strike from Rim Panic Devices stands out in three key areas. It has an open lock cavity area, which allows it to handle both half-inch and three-quarter rim panic bolts. No need to stock two strikes. You can just have one. It comes with three shim plates that allow for six different thicknesses to be made up to an inch thick. This also allow They also allow for the best interaction between door and electric strike. They include six-pin anchoring systems. Um, they have... Uh, Uniflex 45, which is made to retrofit into small cylindrical locks. It's like it looks like you could just put it on your front door um, in a residential uh, setting. And they're all fire rated. They have UL ratings. They sell vertical rod strikes that go at the top of the door uh, that are also fire rated. And uh, they're the only electric strike solution for doormatic concealed vertical rods, which is huge if you're in the locking industry. And they're worth having in your back pocket, really, when it comes to electronic strike implementation. I hope that I can put them in super quick. And you know what? All that to say, it's now very appropriate to quote the late, great Christopher Wallace in saying, if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> there it is, baby. That is uh, kind of a rundown of strikes. Hopefully you can rewind this and get some good information to start looking into it if you're not in it or if you are in it and you want a good variety of it. Um, and also think about the health of the door while you guys are out there. So that's it for security today. This week's shout out actually goes to Locks Plus, one of my like dream team love looking at their Instagram. It's at Locks Plus. Locks Plus Security and Solutions resides around the Broward and Palm Beach country, but uh, uh, Palm Beach County areas, but they actually go up towards North Florida and now into Georgia if you're watching their stories recently. And uh, they're fully licensed, bonded, insured locksmith that you need. So if you're in the Florida area, I would give them a call if you need them. Everything from residential to commercial, these guys handle every single job with quality and craftsmanship. And for the love of all that is holy, go right now to Instagram and follow them at Locks Plus, no spaces, and see exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to some top notch lock work they can handle it and let them know that you heard of them here and uh do the you you know and then do that thing where you like like 45 of their posts and they see the support and then they blast it in their story or something like that i don't care just do it man follow those guys i hope that you are blaring this podcast while your windows are down and you're telling all your co-workers and your mom and your grammy um to follow security uh, and all your security fans to follow this podcast and subscribe it really helps if you subscribe remember to follow this podcast on instagram at security today podcast and then follow me at uncle bear b-a-e E-R underscore. Now, 
While you're at it, this is the huge thing. Follow at Low Voltage Nation on Instagram. Inquire with them how to get involved with the greater community. And after following them, type Low Voltage Nation into your search bar and your podcast platform and subscribe. This community will not build itself. So you got to get involved. You got to get out there and give it what you got to give it. And then all these resources are made available in my show notes. Look, I'm Uncle Bear. I'm trying to wrap this thing up. We're already on 30 minutes. That's kind of long for this podcast, but I had to talk about the strikes and the health of the door yo okay sorry um i'm uncle bear and i will see you next week on security today also i just want to say thank you to all my listeners i really appreciate you guys you just you just giving me so much love man i got something to look forward to thank you